Welcome to the Fans of Fitness Podcast, a voice for fitness, health, and wellness professionals. The National Personal Training Institute of Arizona. Legit instructors teaching you. No, enough of those bad reps. The good quality trainers that come out of the school. Let's get into it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Jennifer, it's great to have you. Uh, I haven't seen you in a little bit. Our days don't cross too often. Mm-hmm. Uh, so how's good, things been? Good to finally meet you. Yes, nice to, <laughs> yeah. nice to finally meet you too. And thanks, Travis, for having me. It's it's good to see you face to face for after it's been a couple of years, I think, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, it's been a. I've known you for a while now. You were in the very first class that we had here in Arizona. Yes, we were the inaugural class that had the pleasure of graduating the day the night before the gyms shut down for COVID in 2020. Yeah, really. We yeah. we even graduated a day early just to make sure that yeah we could still walk into the gym wow. to do to, to graduate. Yeah. So it was kind of a, a last minute call. I'm like, hey, you guys just want to do it now? <laughs> We're done. Yeah. Uh. So yeah. It was a good call though because I think the next day the gyms shut down, right? So it was. Yeah, it was the very next day. Wow. That everything got locked up. Yes. Yeah, so talk about all the the business plan that I had, and it was just like whoosh, whoosh, and smoke all of a sudden. Like, okay. <laughs> yeah, it changed a lot. Yeah. We didn't even do that, did we? Because that's supposed to be on Thursday for graduation. Did we not? We didn't do the business plan? Or? We did. So we all had our oh, business yeah. plans, and I think we gave our presentations like earlier that week. Yeah. And then it was, you know, everything obviously revolved around training people in some capacity. Right. And for me, a big part of it was group fitness because I really enjoy leading groups. And that was, you know, pretty much put on hold for, for a while, right? When, yeah. Especially right after COVID, was it was, like, um, just happened, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a horrible time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I just got back in the gym and really was working out really, really good, and then COVID hit and it was like, oh man. Yeah. Did you, you stop working out? Did you make, of course. Did you make that excuse? <laughs> what they call it? The COVID. There was a name for that. COVID. The COVID-15. That's it. Yeah. 25. It was more like COVID-25. Yeah. <laughs> Something. Yeah. Yeah. Of course I stopped working out. We were all hanging out in the backyard. <laughs> okay. Yeah. It, it, the program, so the timing of it in some ways was really good because we had, um, so our instructor, our program was the 500-hour program, and we did a lot of... Um, non-traditional like how to use equipment in a way that's different you know so using what you have which was great because remember we you you couldn't order um weights or gym equipment was really hard to find so being able to to use the bag of salt that i use for my salt water system to you know or milk jugs to um to stay in shape i was training my neighbor in the courtyard socially distanced of course and right running PE classes for my kids outside. So it gave me a really good foundation to be able to continue my fit, you know, like stay healthy right. and nothing else. Yep. Now, the good thing is, is I run a lot mm-hmm. and I kept running. So I even went to Lifetime because when everything kind of opened back up, I went back to running at Lifetime. So I was able to run at home and stuff still. So that's good. But you had to run with the mask, the face shield on. You did that, which made no sense whatsoever. Yeah, you were running outside with the the plastic face. No, shield? no, no. In at, at lifetime on oh. the tr- on a treadmill. Oh, okay. Yeah, because it was hot. It, you know, June, July. Yeah. And I was like, all right, I got to run. 
That must have fogged up something crazy. It did. Well, it didn't because it was like five inches away from your face, which made no sense whatsoever. Uh, you uh, know? Yeah. Where's that air going? Probably right. around it and out. Yeah. It's yeah. just whenever I got done running, it was all like wet from me Yuck. sweating and <laughs> sweat dripping. To, yeah, it was it was gross, but I, I wore the same one for like six months. <laughs> huh. Yikes. Yeah, it was it was a mess. It, yeah. So when everything, uh, when when things started opening back up, is that when you started to transition into the business that you run now? Yes and no. So I, I, so my original plan had been to, you know, do group fitness classes because I really found through the program that I didn't enjoy training people one on one so much. So I was going to do group fitness folk programs and help that feed my health coaching business. But then as like things started to open up and just with juggling kids doing homeschooling and um I started doing more life coaching focusing working on moms helping to manage stress and it just sort of started to evolve you know you you explore different things and um you know I started to kind of dabble in astrology and um, more of the spiritual side because I found that the clients that I was working with that was more what they needed you know and so it sort of evolved it was what I needed at the time I think sometimes we had track clients that kind of either were that were best suited to serve right right. yeah i think being relatable to to clients is is really powerful Mm -hmm. and um you know it's like what we talk about in class not everybody's for everybody and perception's reality and yeah sometimes people just want to to work with those that they can relate with and they've been there or or someplace that they want to be themselves. Mm-hmm. 100%. Yeah, yeah. I found that too. Was, a lot of the people that I worked with, the moms, it's like as they, it's like they, they wanted to be able to not feel so overwhelmed with their kids, you know, and just be able to enjoy life again. A lot of the people were, that I've worked with that were going through some sort of a transition in their life. And I think as through COVID, a lot of people – kind of brought underlying issues that people had anyway up to the surface and was like, okay, I got to deal with this. I got to make a change. And so, yeah. um, yeah, that's kind of how things started to evolve. And, and I, I, my life was changing too. So I stopped doing like coaching packages and just started doing one-on-one sessions, like one-off sessions, which gave me more flexibility and, um, also enabled me to like kind of meet somebody and work with them at least for one session to see if they were somebody that I wanted to work with more longer term. Right. Yeah. So I, I haven't been through the class with you and Emily on Tuesday. How does that go? Do you teach half the day and then she teaches half the day? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I I teach in the mornings and then she'll teach in the afternoons. And then when there's a night class, does she teach first and then you teach or is it still switched? Still the same. Okay. I'll teach first and then she comes back. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I didn't we always had the same instructor for nutrition and PNF, so that's bound to be fun. <laughs> yeah, I think it helps break up their day yeah. too, you know, cuz in the morning class we'll go to lunch and then we come back and it's more active whereas the nutrition is a lot I do my best to make it as interactive as I can, but Yeah. You're, it's just a lot of material to go through. It's hard to to do hands-on nutrition since you're essentially you're just you, you we got some powerpoints um mm-hmm. we talk about those and then 
you know, we can connect those dots with those students instead of them going, I don't know what that meant. So with nutrition being within the program and being in class, I think people absorb it better because we are up there to answer questions that they might have that they Mm -hmm. just read like first time. I went through the the school nutrition was uh, it's a lot. Yeah. It's yeah. so much more than I think people think it is. And then when you dive into it, there's there's so many there's so many things like layers to to fats and proteins and carbs, the do's and the don'ts. What happens to carb or what happens to the food when it enters the mouth? Where does it go? Et cetera, mm-hmm. et cetera. And then we just we can go much much deeper when we're talking about micros and and herbs and, and all that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Probably see some blank stares like uh, like I had when I was going through the program. I did when I went yeah. through it. I was like, I don't have any idea what they're talking about. So Yeah, there's usually a point, especially when we start getting into like the micronutrients and herbs and, you know, where there's just a lot to cover where I can see it's just like they start to like glaze over. Glaze over. I'm like, okay, I think it's time for a break. Let's <laughs> start falling asleep. That's your cue. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I look around the room. I'm like, uh, okay, I've been talking too long. <laughs> I guess you guys probably need to stretch. Yeah. What I started doing when I took over the class um, is about midway through, because what I what I found was, you know, we go, we, we do one week on each macro. So one week on carbs, fats, a week on proteins. Right. And then we do a week on micronutrients. And what I found is that a lot of the students, they feel overwhelmed and they're trying to figure out like, okay, well, how do I, how do I put this all together and how do I make it, how do I actually apply this? Because we dive into, you know, like what, what are the building blocks of proteins? How does it, what do they, how they function in your body? What are the essential ones versus non-essential? What are the different foods you can get it from? Just as an, just as an example. Right. Um, so what I've started doing is after we do micronutrients the next week, which is about week six, it's like about halfway through, we'll, we do, I do like an integration class. So we'll talk a little bit about processed food, but like, okay, here's how you take all this and you put it together. And then I pair them up with each other. And so they actually practice coaching, coaching each other. So they have to set a, a goal or, you know, hopefully nutrition related, but if not, it's right. Like, how can you use nutrition to support whatever this goal is? And then I take some of the health coaching stuff, which is about small steps, and um, weave that in, too, so that my I, my hope is that by the end of class, they, they at least have a solid enough grasp that they can feel comfortable talking to a client about it and not have to, like, get in their heads about, oh, I don't know all the details. I don't remember what, you know, what a saccharide is, you know? Right. Like, those kinds of things. So that's been really helpful in engage, getting them more engaged too, because I think about halfway is where they're just information overload. Yeah, there's a lot to pack in there in 11 weeks. I mean, they don't just have nutrition; they've got everything else: the anatomy, mm-hmm. the physiology, the NASM, program design, fitness business, the practical portion, the, the kettlebell, the suspension. There right. is a lot jam-packed in there. So mm-hmm. I always tell the students, just work with the nutritionist. <laughs> Your send default. your clients to the nutritionist and have the nutritionist send you clients for personal training. Exactly. Because there's so much yeah, to it. There is. Yeah. And they're not certified nutritionists. So mm-hmm. it, it, there's a line that you don't want to cross of giving out a, a meal plan because you're not a nutritionist. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And, and it's so as we talk about it in class, it's this is enough so that if you have clients that ask those questions or... You can help guide them, and that's kind of how right. I approach the class. 
but I do this, I say the same. It's like, you know, know when to refer out, you know, kind of know your scope of practice. And if this is something that you really find passionate, then go beyond this and get, yeah, and get certified. certified. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's such a great area with nutrition. There's a lot of, a lot of uh, coaches out there that kind of overstep, um, you know, their knowledge and they, they dip into the dietitian nutritionist realm and, and give out advice that should only be given from one of those two. Right. Mm-hmm. It's easy to do because, you know, we, as, as coaches, if you continue to learn, you're going to learn things that, you know, these two, spe- you know, specialized people learn as well. And you're like, why can't I apply it? Well, mm-hmm. it's, it's a liability yeah. in some cases to, you know, to prescribe food. Uh, so it's kind of a slippery slope. Got to stay, stay in that, that gray area, not, not overstep it. So it's mm-hmm. one of the things that I think a lot of, a lot of uh, coaches struggle with is what can I say and what can I not? But mm-hmm. basic guidance is exactly what we should know. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it, it's, there, there is a fine line of what you can and can't say. I think if you approach it from a, you know, have you thought of this or, you know, perhaps this might be helpful, but. You know, and giving somebody a lot of times someone's coming to you if they're coming to you for training, you know, and then they have a question about their diet. You can offer just a gentle suggestion. Suggestion, you know, if they right. do a lot of processed foods, like, well, maybe choose this the next drive through. So that's kind of how we approach the nutrition. Is like, let's give you the enough depth and that you you feel um, like prepared to be able to answer questions, but also everything I weave in is about like, you know, you're, um, how do I want to say it? It's really about like how you can just kind of guide somebody to make healthier choices. Right. Yeah. Well, you said it a little bit ago, uh, small steps with your, your, uh, health coaching. Mm-hmm. That is incredibly important to take that, that, uh, that, that, that approach because, um, many out there will just pull the carpet right from, out from underneath their client's feet and go, Hey, mm-hmm. this is what you got you here. Yep. This is, these are things you need to do to get you to where you want to go. Now you can't have anything you love or anything that's gotten you to the condition you're in right now. That that you can't do that. You can't. That, you cannot do that. <laughs> that's a, that's a recipe for for setting somebody up for failure. You know, it's like the the more change that somebody needs, the less they can handle at any one time. Yep. You know, so if somebody's coming to you and they're you know pre diabetic or they're you know they've had a a lifetime of you know, not eat, not making healthy choices, or maybe they have no knowledge of, of how to how to eat healthy. It's like one step at a time, right? Yep. One small step, even if it if you can aim for like one percent, like a one percent change a week, that's that adds up, right? Oh yeah, for sure. That's fifty. You're you're fifty two percent in a better place at the end of the year if you just you know start with those little tiny one percent shifts each week. Yeah. Yeah, it's um, it can be difficult, but with with a good good plan in place. If you're a coach that's like, hey, I understand that I can't just say, hey, you can't have those two Starbucks triple choco maco whatevers yeah. that have six to eight hundred calories a piece, and maybe that's something that they do twice. <laughs> As there's a Starbucks sitting next to his. Own. <laughs> yeah. This uh, podcast uh, sponsored by uh, Starbucks now. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, these these drinks, some of them have six, eight hundred calories in them, yeah. mm-hmm. and some, and a lot of people have two of those a day. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, we can't just say, "Hey, stop it," right? Because there's more than that. If they're drinking that stuff, they're also eating a lot of processed food. More than likely, mm-hmm. uh, they might have a glass or two of wine at night. They might be eating out a lot. There's a lot of things that probably need to be yeah. fixed 
that just being one of them, but you can't just say, hey, uh, stop it all. So one of, the, one of the approaches that I took with my clients is if somebody did fit that, that description is, all right, I've got your three-day plan, your nutrition plan now, or not, not your plan, but, but your, your typical three-day mm-hmm. uh, food log. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's, there's a lot of bad things going on here. Let's just start with a couple small ones. So let's start mm-hmm. with your, the first thing you do in the morning. Uh, you get the, was, was the venti, is that the big one? I think so. Okay. Yeah. So you, you have a venti, mako chaco, whatever it's called. <laughs> That's, uh, you know, 800 calories or so. Why don't we do the, 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 the medium one? Is that grande? Small, medium, and large. I know. Can we please Same, go back to that? Yeah. But uh, a it's, medium. It's just Starbucks that does that. <laughs> yeah. A medium. That's going to be maybe a couple hundred less calories. Why don't we do that? And then if you have mm-hmm. one in the evening, then do the same thing. Let's start there. Yeah. But let's add some hydration into this. Well, you know, if you're eating like this, you're probably not hydrating. It's probably sodas and bad choices like that. So let's take these small incremental steps mm-hmm. to get you to your goals where it's not uh, like overwhelming. Yeah. Because if it's overwhelming, you're like, no, your brain's going to go, no, we need the sugar, all of it. But if you take a little bit away, your brain's not going well, to rebel on you. I think most people aren't conscious of or just don't know how many calories are in those type of drinks. And if they're not counting calories and they're watching or been told to watch their calories, I think they just go through there and order it and they're like, it's just liquid. It's mm-hmm. not that it's not going to make me fat. Yeah, there's water in that. Yeah. I'm hydrating. Yeah, coffee is water, right? It's yeah. just run through. There's the- water in wine and beer and <laughs> right, yeah. yeah. But you're right. Some of it is like just lack of knowledge. Some people just aren't aware. And then, you know, sometimes food, I think our relationship with food and um even with you know, our, our Mako Chaco Starbucks, <laughs> right? It's, there's there's more to it than that, right? When you have your cup of coffee in the morning, it's not just about the coffee or the caffeine. I mean, that that's a part of it, but it's it's that hot cup of coffee and it's the start of the day. And if you don't have it, it can throw you off. And so w- what I always invite the students to do and is to like turn on their curiosity, you know, kind of like you've got kids, Travis, I mean, you do too. It's like when they're little, it's like they're asking why all the time, right? All the time. But when you do that with clients and, and turning on the cu- your curiosity, and just, okay, so I see you you go for two of the biggest Starbucks drinks with, you know, all this stuff. So what is it you like like about those? Like, well, man, I'm just so tired, and it's this one sweet thing I can have in my day. And so being able to kind of understand where they're coming from also helps you to helps, helps you to, to help them to shift into a healthier choice. So if it's really about that right. hot cup in the morning – you know, then maybe invite them to like um, have a glass of water first. So they, yes, they can still have that, but let's hydrate you first. You know, and so you, helping them kind of work with where they're at and why they're making those choices. Sometimes it's purely lack of knowledge, and sometimes it's just it serves some other purpose for them. That you know, um, like if you take that away, it's like taking away a kid's favorite toy. You know, but if you you know what it is they need from it, then that helps them to sort of wean off of whatever it is that they're, I don't want to say addicted to, but that makes sense. Well, the marketing behind Starbucks is what caused some of that. Because some of it is just, I want to walk around with a Starbucks cup in my hand. I mean, there's that, 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 you know, happened where people are like, oh, I got a Starbucks, you know. Yeah. And it was just cool to walk around with a coffee in your hand. Mm -hmm. That's the reason why these Dutch Bros, Dutch Bros is now huge because, all these high school kids go there and and it partly all started because of Starbucks, but yeah. they use Dutch Bros and they go get their tea or coffee or whatever it is. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah, I can't. That's uh, as you were talking about that. I'm like, this is a habit that I've had for a very long time. I wake up, the first thing I do is I slam water, and then I have a coffee religiously every single morning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't care how hot it is; it's going to be a hot coffee. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And I don't know what happened, but when I I don't know when this shifted, but when I moved back down here from from Oregon four plus years ago, it's been so annoying to me that when I say I just want a black coffee. And then I go go to the window, and it's an iced coffee. I'm like, when did coffee <laughs> I, become I, iced? I know. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> it's, I have to now say, I want a hot, yeah. <laughs> medium coffee, it's just so I don't get an iced coffee. I know it's hot here. I don't like What neat. is going on? When did coffee become cold? I don't like any iced coffee at all. Yeah. You should have to say, I want iced. And then they're like, oh, he doesn't want, he doesn't right. want hot. So make it iced. But well, here it's like the default. <laughs> when it's 115 outside, I get they, they're just sense. assuming coffee is supposed to be hot. Yeah. Right. I agree. Yeah, I, I I have my coffee every morning. It, I think it's more of the warmth that wakes me up and kind of gets me going. But And I was on the way here. I was like, I need to stop and get a coffee. And then I was like, nah, I don't need it. And then Travis offered to buy me one and then didn't. Well, that was <laughs> nice of him. <laughs> no, but I got, got his daughter one instead. Yeah. yeah. He showed up, and I was like, where's my coffee? He's like, you didn't want one. I was like, yeah, I did. <laughs> I was like, good. I didn't need it anyway. <laughs> I uh, didn't need that after, extra caffeine. Yeah, you do. You've been <laughs> up since 2 a.m. Yeah. Yeah, you're going to oh. need it. 2 a.m.? Yeah. For some reason, I couldn't sleep this morning. And we get up early anyway. We get up at 4. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so this morning, for whatever reason, I couldn't sleep and just got up at 2.30. And I was like, all right, I'm going to get some work done. So. Man. Yeah. But I got my work in today, workout in today, which I usually Finally. don't do. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So yeah, you got to take care of you first. Mm-hmm. Yep. 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 Everything stems from you. If you're not, you know, healthy and stable and energetic, yeah. the rest goes to health. But <laughs> yep. So what else is with, with life coaching? I'm not, I'm not that familiar with the depths that that goes. Like when you have a, a client, what's the, what's the typical, what's like, the, the onboarding, if you will, the first the first conversation. How does that go? And then how do you how do you navigate those waters with somebody who needs to make these changes? That's a good question. And as a life coach, so when I when I first when I'm doing just like one off sessions with somebody, I usually just ask them like, what's the most pressing thing that you need to you need right now? Because sometimes somebody just is like really struggling with a decision or um, some kind of a big shift in their life, and they just they just need that third party to to help guide them. Um, so I'll just ask them what what's the most pressing thing. And in a session, I typically will just first I kind of listen because people need to be heard, and active listening is a really important part of important really really important part of that. And then I ask questions to help them kind of draw out their own solution like they already know essentially what they need to do or what next step they need but sometimes it's just having somebody to one hear and validate back what what they're experiencing and then ask the right questions so that they're able to kind of come up with their solution sounds really easy but a lot of times it's um in the work that i do a lot of times the clients that come to me they're dealing with something sometimes they'll have underlying um grief or some old thing that they or trauma, something that, that is sort of blocking them. And so helping them to shift past that. And for me, it's a fine line because 
I'm not a therapist, right? right? So knowing when somebody needs to um, work with a therapist and where I can just help guide, if that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. But it's powerful stuff. I mean, there's, there's, you know, it's awesome to see when somebody has that light bulb moment, you know, it's like, oh, I've been doing this. This is what's been blocking my way the whole time. And, and to see that light bulb go off and then the changes that they start to make in their life, it doesn't happen overnight, but it's like a slow, like to have them come back to me six, seven months ago. You know, that session we had, here's everything that's shifted in my life since then. And I'm happier. I know it, I, have more patience with my kids like it's just to me that's that's why I do what I do you know yeah yeah it's uh incredibly rewarding to be a coach to be a life coach to be a personal trainer because mm-hmm. there's there's so many stories that I think we all have where we've we've helped somebody and then in, the, in the, that moment you just think to yourself like I just changed somebody's life yeah. For the better. That makes you feel so incredibly um, great. Yeah. And, and, and it's it's so fulfilling and rewarding that you can do something like that with just the education that you've gotten for, for being the person you are. It also takes your personality, too. Not everybody's cut out to be empathetic. Right. You know, and you have to be, yeah. <laughs> in, in both cases, for a life coach and a, and a personal trainer, you have to be empathetic. Mm-hmm. Um, well, not everybody is. You don't have to be. There's cases out there of people who just crack the whip and yell at people, and people love that. Yeah. But it's not for everybody. <laughs> but it is a thing. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. There's somebody out there for everybody, you know. So yep. no matter what kind of a, a coach you are, what your experience is, what your passions are, you know, I feel like the more of yourself that you bring to the table, the more you're going to be able to help the right people, you know, because there's people out there who that's going to resonate with you know mm-hmm. something that like so I I love astrology and for some people that's you know very like a taboo you know witchcraft kind of like no it's like I'm looking at the stars but I use that in my coaching practice and you know for the longest time I wouldn't even talk about it like you know oh, yeah, I look at the, the horoscopes but the thing is like I bring the people that come to me like that's those are the people that for them, that's really supportive too. Like they, you know, it helps me to kind of find the right type of people to work with. Right. So I think the more of yourself, whatever, whatever hobby or interest that maybe doesn't seem might seem a little out there, whatever it is, like to embrace that because that's that's what makes you you, and that's what's going to bring the right people to you that you're best suited to help. So who is that? The correct person that you work with? <laughs> for me. <laughs> that's a good question um the the people that i really love working with are the ones that aren't afraid to go deep you know that aren't they're ready to make some shifts in their life and to take ownership and responsibility for that and they're not a f- they're they're open to the fact that there is perhaps something bigger out there than themselves that you know beyond the their physical bodies, you know, or the, the, there might be all their alternatives out there and they're open to, to different ways of doing things. You know, those, that's the ideal person that I work with. 
that. So not Taurus, right? Because that's what I am. And I, you just <laughs> said everything that I'm not. Like, saying, yeah. <laughs> You're not open? I don't take responsibility for anything that I eat. <laughs> <laughs> Whose responsibility is that then? My wife's. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, that makes sense because Taurus loves their food. They love like the the simple pleasures in life, right? Like, the warm See, cup of coffee. See, there's nothing I like, can do about it. I it's just, just have... sure. Yeah. <laughs> I had no idea that Taurus was like that. But if... that's... <laughs> oh, is that your sign? Yeah. Yeah. I'm a Libra. I don't know what that is. It's, a, it's, it's a scale. Libra is all about <laughs> balance. Balance. You know, it's, it's about balance and kind of being that... Um, can be about being a peacekeeper but really it's about finding that balance with from your with yourself and with others you hmm. know so like maybe how you how you serve the population and how you like take care of yourself too it's like finding that balance i'm glad to know that about taurus anyway. because now i'm just be like i can't help it yeah who i am <laughs> you have an excuse i have to eat yeah the the libra thing it's always been like i've always you know i see that it's a scale and I always feel like it's never balanced. Balanced. It's always something. Mm-hmm. It's always moving in both directions. Um, yeah, I, I think that's just part of being a human. But also, if there's something to that, then I got to say I agree with it because yeah. every day I'm like, I got to do this. This is not. This over here needs more attention. Okay, now this needs more attention. It's like a daily triage yeah. of everything, of family yeah. relationships, 100%. work. It's some days the one side is all the way down. As far as mm-hmm. it can go, the other side's raised, and like, all right, let's put some weights on that side now. Yeah, whatever that that is. So, are they supposed to be better at balancing everything? So, there's there's more to the chart than just your sun sign. So, it depends on how the rest of the planets kind of lined up and what the energies are. But um, sometimes somebody is better at if they're if they have a lot of Libra, they're better at balancing, and and for others, it's like a lifelong. You know, it's sort of like what they're they're trying to master. You know, so it's it, they're they're really that balance comes up in everything. So it, yeah, but it depends on other aspects in the chart. Hmm. Anyway, I, I know that's like totally not fitness really to put it. It's, no, that's fine. No, it, it is. It, 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 it is because yeah. Because yeah. now I know that I'm fat because I'm Taurus. No. <laughs> It's not your fault, Josh. It's yeah. not. My, I knew. I knew. I knew to blame it on someone. Man, now you're going to use that as an excuse. <laughs> but it, but Thank it, you, Jennifer. But it, you're welcome. But it's about embracing that, like that part of you that loves that loves good food and the, you know, the, um, like when you mentioned like the warm cup of the coffee, right? It's like it, it, it just shouldn't be good food every day. <laughs> but good if you, food can taste no, good, though. No, but good I mean, it shouldn't be good. like. Abundance of good food every day. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That's my problem. Okay. And and Taurus has to be like something connected with potatoes or something because that's my favorite. Like any way you can make a potato. And it's one of the worst for me because I'm diabetic. Oh, yeah. So, so I'm like, oh, come on. I love carrots. Mm-hmm. I love potatoes. And they're just root vegetables that are bad for me. Because the... They spike your sugar pretty high. Yeah, the glycemic sense. index. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when somebody says eat your vegetables, you're like, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> right, but that's the way I grew up, and you know, from the south. Yeah. You know, everything we had potatoes almost with every meal, mm-hmm. and you know, if we had a stew, we had carrots and potatoes in it, and yeah. you know, I mean, it was just, yeah. You know, and growing up in the south, there's no real education for, for mm-hmm. food. You know, you go to school and they're like, oh, here's the food pyramid, which. 
now is not even around anymore. It's the plate. It's my plate. Yeah, my plate or whatever. And uh, yeah, so it was not, there was not really good education for food at home or in school or anything. So. Yeah. Well, that had to be a really big shift for you then. Like when you found out you were diabetic to, because the Southern cooking especially is very, very rich. and Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I used to be 460 pounds. Wow. And uh, found out I was diabetic and I haven't had meat in 13, over 13 years. Wow. My goodness. <laughs> but I haven't had soda and like a lot of stuff in yeah. 13 years. So. Wow. Good for you. That had to be quite a journey to, to get to where you are now. Yeah, it was. <laughs> it still is every day. You know, yeah. and I was literally talking to you yesterday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we were on the phone yesterday and uh, and I was talking about being diabetic yeah. and how quickly I gain weight from just little things that, you know, normal people eat. Yeah, <laughs> I say normal, but people eat normally. It doesn't affect them. And for me, I eat it and it spikes my sugar and turns into fat. And then I'm like, man, so it's it's a much more struggle for me to keep weight off and you know yeah. so it's really frustrating because that, that's a, a huge lifestyle shift you know that you can't ever go back to right because right. i'm so so glad you're here because now i know i'm a taurus and <laughs> it validates that being diabetic just makes me fat <laughs> <laughs> oh boy <laughs> Travis was like, oh, this is not good. <laughs> no. so, so you said you haven't eaten meat. I'm curious. Are you, are you vegan? or? So for the first five and a half years, um, January 1st, 2010, mm. was my New Year's resolution. And everybody's like, oh, that's not going to last. But it wasn't a New Year's resolution. That was just my cutoff date of, like I did a little bit of testing before that with not eating meat mm-hmm. uh, for a week or two. And then I'd go back to eating meat, see how I felt and stuff. And yeah. uh January 1st, 2010, I was like, never eating meat ever again, unless the doctor just absolutely says, you're going to die if you don't. Um, Never drinking soda ever again, because I was drinking 12 to 24 cans of soda of Diet Diet Coke a day. Wow. And uh, At least it was a diet. That's good. No, no, that was bad. (laughs) (laughs) And so, uh, and not knowing that I was diabetic, Mm -hmm. I was always thirsty. So I would finish a Diet Coke and be like, man, I'm thirsty. And and I'd get up another one, you know, because that... So that's a, mm. a side effect. Yeah. Um, so that was, you know, for the first five and a half years, I only had water to drink mm-hmm. and vegetables. No, no tea, no coffee, no juice, wow. nothing, just water for five and a half years. Wow. Uh, and then, then my wife started, you know, talking me into um, coffee. So I started drinking coffee. Um and then she's talked to me into other things and uh, <laughs> wait a second, <laughs> other drinks that you know, um, alcoholical drinks, that, you know. So so now I do drink more stuff, but um, I still don't drink soda. I still stay away from that and anything that's like that where it has a lot of sugar in it and stuff. So. Yeah, wow, good for you. That, Thank you. That's another tourist quality too. Is like that that ability to like stick to something and like kind of follow it through like that very fixed slow and steady wins the race like so yeah. i didn't i didn't know that either there's some some good qualities about you i just thought i was stubborn <laughs> <laughs> stubborn yeah, it's another word for it and one of my best friends is um works for u.s foods mm-hmm. and sells meat mm-hmm. so we go to his house and he's got this big grill and he's cooking all this all meat this and he's like looking at me just going <laughs> you're gonna break dude yeah. you're gonna crack someday yeah 
That's what he's thinking. No, nah, he he bought this um, Beyond Meat. Mm-hmm. You know the yeah. just the like block of meat, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he was like, like almost vomiting oh, because ew. he was trying to like make them um, jalapeno popper like meat stuffed jalapeno, and he was like, oh. he he couldn't do it. He was like, I'm gonna throw up. This is so gross. Oh. <laughs> but they tasted great. <laughs> Wow, good for you. That's like an ama- that's an amazing story. Thank you. Takes a lot of takes a lot of resilience and a lot of courage, I think, to be able to make that decision to go all in like right. that and then to stick to it. The determination. Yeah. That's thank you for sharing. And that. I, I I don't need a lot of dairy. I still I cheat a little bit with. I'll have cheese every once in a while, mm-hmm. uh, like a cheese pizza or something, um, and then ranch dressing. Every, you know, on salad, but yeah. but that's pretty much the dairy. I don't eat eggs or fish or, wow. you know, any of that kind of stuff. So. Wow. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you. It's <laughs> a great story. <laughs> yep. It's, it's been a long, long time. <laughs> so, but I don't, I don't think I'll ever go back to eating meat. So. Yeah. Well, and the shift away from the sodas too. Um, so when I'm teaching the nutrition class, I'll often try and use examples kind of like like that where it's you know the shifts that somebody has to make not everybody can go all in like that and just right. stop drinking soda but you know that's a, i mean that that's really that's that's tough to do right like, yeah well i think my ex-business partner had something yeah. to do with that because he was telling me i couldn't he would bring over diet coke and just leave it in the refrigerator for like <sighs> weeks on end because he he was like this ain't gonna last and I was like, he, he'd come determined. back and there's still that Diet Coke there. And he's like, really? You know, so, yeah, I think that's what happened is I was like, I'm going to prove him wrong, you know. Could have so, just been drinking it and replacing it with another yeah, one. No. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but you're a Taurus. So. Yeah, no, I didn't didn't do it. <laughs> I don't think I could drink a soda now. I think I would drink yeah. it and just go, oh, and just fall over dead because it's so uh, strong, so much sugar. Yeah, that would that would probably put you into like a sugar coma almost right. <laughs> might send you to the hospital. That's, that's yep. wow. Mm-hmm. When I was pregnant with my uh, oldest daughter, I had gestational diabetes. Mm. And so I remember like having to really watch everything I ate. I mean, to be pregnant with your first kid and not be able to just eat ice cream and whatever right. you want was like, uh, but you know, but having to be really mindful of, the carbs that you're intaking and making sure you're getting the movement in so your body can utilize yeah. whatever you're taking, you know, whatever um, sugar you have in your system. I mean, that's, it takes a lot of discipline, I think. And um, Well, that's the only thing I really knew when I took the course last summer. Um, that's the only part of nutrition that I really knew mm-hmm. was what I'd done research on myself. Yeah. And really the glycemic index of pretty much every food out there, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, to know what, because I eat a lot of mixed nuts, Yeah. Uh, you know, to know that walnuts and pecans are the better, you know, and, and uh, peanuts are absolutely horrible. And, mm-hmm. you know, so all that stuff, I knew all the glycemic index for all of that whenever I started class. Yeah. And that was the only thing in nutrition I really knew. And then I got through class and I was like, uh-oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. now I have to learn all this other stuff and, you know proteins and all this stuff. I'm like, oh. Well, proteins, you know, when we talk about, um, in class, we'll talk about the uh, carbohydrates and we always talk mm-hmm. about the blood sugar roller coaster. Right. That even if somebody's not diabetic, you know, what, mm-hmm. anytime you eat something that's 
high glycemic index. high glycemic index mm-hmm. it's going to spike your blood sugar mm-hmm. and then what happens after you you know you get this like quick energy rush and then it crashes and so sometimes people that drink caffeine throughout the day you if you ask them about what they're eating you might notice that that that's what's happening mm-hmm. is like that crash is actually because they've had something that's higher sugar basically and so their body is like craving energy right and so you go yeah. reach for something that's like a sweet quick snack or you reach for caffeine so we talk about ways to balance it out you know you balance it out with protein or fats movement water you know and the example i always give is like if you have a you know a half a cup of water and you put a you know, a quarter cup of sugar, it's like really sweet, but the more water you add, the more diluted mm-hmm. it gets. Right. You know, so just giving the students to like little simple things like that, that they can then take in their own lives too and help clients, like small things that they can suggest to clients yeah. to help them. Because once your blood sugar starts to, you, if you're able to kind of minimize that spike and dip, your energy lasts a little bit you're more right. steady, you have more energy to move your body. It's it's like this big circle, you know, kind of feeds on itself. Yep. Yeah, and if, if my sugar's high, I can just drink water and it'll help it. Drink a lot of water and mm-hmm. it'll help it come down. So, and, I, and I've told that to, like, my wife, for example. I'm yeah. like, you're not diabetic, but it works pretty much the same way. Mm-hmm. The difference is, is we both, let's say we both eat the same thing and our sugar spikes and we both crash. Mm-hmm. The difference is, is we've crashed from energy because yep. we're we're both going, oh God, I'm tired now, you yeah. know, and yawning and stuff like that. Yeah. But our sugar in our bloodstream didn't change. I mean, mine didn't change and hers did. Mm-hmm. So her blood sugar goes back to normal pretty quick where mine doesn't. Yeah. And I've had to explain to people that, that are diabetic and just don't understand. I'm like, mm-hmm. you eat something, your sugar spikes and you crash. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean your sugar, your blood glucose level went down Mm -hmm. that means you crash from the energy Mm -hmm. you know from having that spike in energy but your blood glucose is staying up there really high Mm -hmm. and what happens when it gets that high is it turns into fat yep so the more your blood sugar stays up there the fatter you get you know and that's the reason why diabetics have a hard time with weight Mm -hmm. yeah so and and this is one just for the audience listening to is like just to clarify we're talking about like type 2 diabetics as opposed right, to yeah, type yeah, 1 type, yeah yeah mm-hmm. yeah because the type 1 is where you know as you know like i mean you you could i had a so prior to this i used to be a private banker and one of my clients was a their son was a, a college athlete at stanford he was i mean really good he was ready to do the trials for the um to qualify for the olympics and they found him like I don't remember if he was passed out or he, but he was very confused. He went to the hospital. So sugar was like four hundred. Oh wow! And turns out he had type one diabetes. Mm. And I mean, this kid was like, didn't drink, was like the healthiest, like right. most well rounded. I mean, he's captain of the swim team. Like, but he had like to completely change his lifestyle. Yeah. And it and there was nothing he could do. You know, it's just something he'll carry the whole the rest of his life so yeah right. very different like and diet does help type one but diet does not as them. not as much as type two right so. yeah <clears throat> yeah type one that's uh that's a terrible one yeah because uh you you're not going to fix that one you no. can't you just, your body attacks itself and and now you're you're a one yep 
I think my cousin's kind of the same same sort of deal. He he was uh, healthy until one day he wasn't. He had a heart attack and went to the hospital. Mm. They're like, hey, you have type one diabetes. Wow. And he had to change his entire life as well too. So that's a rough one. Yeah. Yeah. I think diet type one. It seems like to me that they their blood sugar gets low a lot easier than type two. Like for me, my blood sugar's never been low. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I can make it go really low by how I eat, um, but it's not ever like, oh, you're going to die because your blood sugar's 40, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I know type 1, theirs do drop down. And then I think when you get older in type 2, your your blood sugar can drop like that. But uh, for the most part, mine doesn't ever get too low that it gets yeah. scary. Mine's always too high. So Yeah, and, that, and type 2 is is the one where, you know, as, as trainers and coaches, like this is where we can help clients make those lifestyle shifts, you know, helping them get moving their body, educate them on things like symbols, the glycemic index, or, Hey, have some protein with that. Right. You know, that carbohydrate so that you're diluted a little bit, diluted a little bit, you know? Yep. So when you, you, you mentioned, as a life coach, you, you, you go into some depths. Like mm-hmm. we, we talk about astrology. Like what else? Are we talking like uh, like breath work? I do some breath work with clients. Um, I also do energy work, so Reiki. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do what's called Akashic readings, Akashic records, which is um, it, it's more it kind of tapping into their... Um, like their their soul level connection, you know. So like the really really bigger picture of what they're they're here for. So when somebody has moved through something really difficult in their life, sometimes being able to um, really take a step back as like a bird's eye view of, you know, here's how this is all. Unf- here's the the bigger purpose of us all, and sometimes that helps somebody to really see like the the gift and whatever challenge that they've they've had to move through in their life. So we, we go pretty deep sometimes. Oftentimes, um, for a while, I had a lot of clients that would come that had lost somebody either when they were younger or in the last you know, 10 years or so, but they never had a chance to stop and really process. And so that would often come up. And it's amazing how things like grief and trauma can, can really put you in a state of like freeze and affect so many different areas of your life that you wouldn't even like logically be able to connect those dots. But, um, <clears throat> but once it comes back up to the surface and you're able to start to process some of the, the loss, it, it just, it's like taking a weight off of their shoulders so that they can start to move forward and build the life that they want to build. Yeah. And coming to grips with with some some of that that stuff like um, like I was talking about with with breath work, mm-hmm. that that really seems to bring things up. It does, yeah. And and in every case that we've had so far, wh- whether it was Blaine uh, mm-hmm. for the very first class, yeah, <clears throat> or the last two times we went to uh, a recent field trip, we had people breaking down. They just were holding on to things that they just didn't know how to let go or even how to address. Yeah. And then they come up, and then it's just like this weight off their shoulders. Yeah, and there was some changes on both days, in in a incredibly positive ways. Like their outlook, they're smiling. Yeah, but to smile, they had to 
they had to to bring some of this stuff up yeah and, and address it you know and and that's the word i'm looking for um i can't think of it but uh it's nuts how powerful that is yeah it's hugely powerful i mean when you when you look into the science of trauma for example like we hold we hold energy in our bodies right so when traumatic things happen to us our bodies like hold on to that and it's stored you know you know we learn about the fascial tissues right there's a lot of like those memories almost or that that imprint is like stored in your fascial tissues and in your nervous system right your nervous system doesn't really have a it, it doesn't look at doesn't understand time the way we understand it so something could have happened to you as a kid that it was really traumatic and it it's like your nervous system that gets activated again you know when things happen that remind your your nervous system about that it just like triggers your fight or flight so we store that and so being able to sort of um through things like breath work and energy work being able to tap to Oh, it's a, like being able to um, access that. So it's sort of like we, we lock it away in this little box because it, something that was awful that happened or something that, um, you know, it's like we lock it away in a little box in our body be, because we need to, to keep ourselves safe and to help us survive. Then as we, you know, you work with a therapist or you start to do things like breath work that allow that to sort of open that box up, and then it can come up to the surface where then you can start to process it and heal it. It's kind of like a, you know, a hose that's been kinked. You know, once you open that hose, then it, then the water can flow freely again. And so it's the same in life. Um, yeah, there's something else I was going to say and I don't remember. But it, it's, it's really powerful how it, how it um, can really shift things for you. Yeah. So I need to. So I need to breathe more. <laughs> yeah. Well, you might not be yeah. breathing right. I'm probably not. I'm probably yeah. not. <laughs> it, it's those. It's those deep. Those deep breaths. You know, and with yeah. breath work, like people like Blaine, they're trained in different types of breath work that can um, help you to access those parts of you, and um, it's it's like magic. You know, I mean, it really is. It can really shift something some, for somebody powerfully. Yeah. Well, I witnessed that without knowing that was going to happen. Yeah. Like Blaine and I, we talked about him coming down doing a workshop. Um, and, uh, you know, he, he's, uh, he's a mobilitist when it comes to golf. That's his mm-hmm. especially. That's how we met. And uh, I used to go to a driving range next to the studio in, uh, that I worked at in Portland. And I'd hit a bucket of balls and I'd just watch him. I'm like, this guy's not fixing people's swings. He's fixing them. Mm-hmm. He's fixing their movement. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that is incredible. That's that's the kind of person that needs to there, there needs to be more of him because yeah. a lot of these these swing coaches are actually hurting people because they're like, oh, well, this is how you need to swing the club to make this happen. So do it. Mm-hmm. But they've got these mobility limitations. <clears throat> well, Blaine would look at, you know, what is the the tight muscle? How can we loosen this to, to gain that mobility to, right. to move that club the way it's supposed to be moved, mm-hmm. and with the least amount of effort. <clears throat> So when I talked to him, that's how it all started. And uh, he wrote a CEU uh, for us. And then from he, he said, hey, I'm coming down to Arizona. I'm doing this round trip. He just went all over the, the country, and he wanted to stop. So he came in for the, the, the class, and um, 
<laughs> I already said, hey, what are you going to do? You're just going to go over like mobility and stuff, some movements. And he's like, yeah, we'll go over some breathing work, work too. And I'm like, all right, so like square breathing. And he's like, yeah. I'm like, okay, cool. Yeah. Then I'm there and we did square breathing. And before that, that's about as deep as I went. Even when yeah. I went through the MPTI, the uh, Portland school, we did square breathing. And I'm like, that's mm-hmm. kind of cool. I feel better after that. Well, Blaine decided to go full speed ahead with power breathing. Mm-hmm. And it was like 20, 25 minutes yeah. nonstop. And I'm just thinking to myself, when is he going to stop this? I didn't know he's going to do this. And at the end of it, everybody was different. Yeah. I mean, Jennifer, you can probably attest to that. There was you okay. and a couple other people. Mm-hmm. And before that, I had no idea yeah. the power of breathing like yeah. I do now. Yeah, it's, I, I mean, even simple things like the box breathing or mm-hmm. the five, five, seven, which I, it's like you breathe in for five, hold for five, exhale for seven, like that allows your nervous system to relax. And then the breathing that Blaine does, you know, that's when we, that, I, I had a huge breakthrough in, in his session too, where it was just like, I can't even describe it now, but it was just, it was huge, right? Um, but I think most people don't stop and even just take that time to breathe. I mean, if you ever like pause and like, when was the last time you took a really deep breath? You know? Yeah. Like we breathe shallow. A lot of people do. So even just that can really like allow more oxygen to your brain, which allows you to think a little clearer. So even something as simple as, as just taking a couple really deep breaths. You know, oxygen is so important for carrying nutrients throughout your body. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did it this morning when I was putting on my shoes. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I take a deep breath now. I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, I'm not that bad. It has been too long. No, it <laughs> turned us one day of working out into several more. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think you know a lot of people are. You're talking about being open, right? Mm-hmm. Not not everybody's open to other elements that may help them. Like mm-hmm. before, I started my journey in this industry. When I went through the the Portland school, I was I was presented things that I never thought I would be presented. Like one was Eastern medicine. We had a guy come in mm-hmm. um, who was into Eastern medicine, and, and uh, you know he talked about meridians. Mm-hmm. I'm like I don't know what that is. What's yeah. a meridian? And then he talks about this water. There's some sort of water that that can disrupt your meridian if it's waved in front of you uh, and and it was one of those moments I can't explain it I've I don't know anything about I don't know much about mm-hmm. Eastern medicine but one of the things he did is he told me to he told me to uh, stand up put my arm out so I put my arm out he's like resist mm-hmm. and he just pushed down I resist I'm like okay where are we going with this then he took this water Mm-hmm. And he did this in front of my chest without touching. He's like, now resist. I couldn't resist. Mm-hmm. Mm. I sat down. I'm like, I don't know what. What just happened? What the hell just <laughs> happened? I, this makes no sense to me. Yeah. Some voodoo. And it still doesn't. He he sort of, he, he, he explained it. But while he was explaining, I'm sitting there going, I wasn't listening to him. I'm like, what just happened there? Yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's, it, there's, if you're not exposed to certain things, like talking about like breath work, if you're. Mm-hmm. You got to try it. I think you just have to be open and try everything you can. I mean, it's like breath work, Reiki, astrology. These are all things that can be implemented into somebody's um, life that may or may not work. But I think we need to, as as human beings, we need to 
to give things a try instead of being like, no, that's dumb. It's like yoga. I know for a fact that yoga is great for you. Do I do it? <laughs> I need to desperately, uh, <laughs> but I've tried it. My wife asks me all the time. She so, wants. She says, do you want to do some yoga this morning? I'm like, no, I, don't, I don't really want yogurt. I don't like yogurt. <laughs> it's a workout. <laughs> it is. No it, it's hard. Yeah. yeah. I did. My favorite's yin, by the way, yin yoga. Mm-hmm. You, you, you hold a stretch for like three, five minutes mm-hmm. and... You're not pulling muscles. You're gently stretching them. Mm-hmm. I tried power yoga after that. My wife talked me into going power yoga like a week later. I'm like, oh, let's do it. Hot yoga. Oh, no, I haven't done that. But uh, <laughs> that was a workout. I was sore the next day from trying to do warrior five, six, seven, eight, nine. I don't know how many of those there are, <laughs> but every I can do one, yeah. and that's about it. Every time I do yoga, it's hot yoga. <laughs> yeah. Is it for me? Yeah. Do I do it? No. Should I? Yeah, but I was exposed to it. Now I know, is it something that I want to implement? Much like everything else. Like, yeah. we had a guest on uh, three weeks ago, Sky. Mm-hmm. She's a neuroconnect therapist. Most people have never heard of that. But I can attest to, and so can you. You were there when, when she was in there. Did yeah. She came in, she did, in, in yeah. your class too, mm-hmm. right? Yep. It doesn't make any sense. But if you've got injuries and you can't figure out why or you have performance issues, uh you know, maybe pertaining to sports, you can't figure out why you can't get better. Mm-hmm. Right. There are people out there like like Sky that can help. Yep. Does it make sense when she explains? You know, when she dumbs it down, what it is, it kind of makes sense. But until you're on right. that table experiencing yourself, you got to get there to understand it. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. And once, like, it's it's like a it's it's crazy. Every time she comes in, it's five minutes, and the student that was on the table is no longer complaining about pain. Mm-hmm. Yep. One after another, every single time. You are one of them with your shoulder. Yep. Um, I, did you get on Sky's table at all? Mm-mm. Okay. So you had nothing wrong. Jennifer's perfect. What is your sign? <laughs> what is my sign? I'm a Sagittarius Sun and a Scorpio rising, and so that means like I I love to travel, try a lot of things, higher learning, but then I also love to go deep, like. Scorpion. <laughs> oh, okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Okay. But. What? What's a Taurus do? We just talked about that. We just talked. I about just that. eat. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you don't go deep then. <laughs> but to your point about um, trying different things, right? I think it's important to do that because you you'll find you'll stumble on something that you you might absolutely love and find you have just a natural affinity for that you would have never looked at before. So, you know, it's kind of like trying foods, right? You know, if you grew up eating meat and potatoes, but then you try spinach, I don't know, and you find you actually really love it, but if you never try it, you would never you never have that pleasure, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I think that's what we need to do is, is if we really want to figure ourselves out and be the, the best version of ourselves, there's there's certain things that... You know, you, you need to, to not look at it as something that maybe you might think of as dumb mm-hmm. or not, not for oh, you. Yeah, for sure. Uh, until you do it, you're not going to know. And there's been so many things that I've been subjected to that I'm like, I am so glad I did that. And I don't still have the same mentality I did when I was, you know, a teenager, or early teens. Like, mm-hmm. that's dumb or that's stupid. Mm-hmm. Now I'm open to it. Uh, well, that, that, that ice bath and that sauna, ooh, boy. 
That's yeah. that was my first yeah. time doing that, and I can honestly tell you, I felt absolutely amazing. And yeah. there's a lot of people out there who do this daily, and they're they're shaking their head yes, like yeah, yeah, you're all missing out. Yeah, I guess. Um, <laughs> I don't know that I can, I don't know that I can do it. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna go back there, and you're gonna go next time. Is there an age limit? No. I mean, like I have a really, good, I have a good, really good heart, but I feel like if I got in that water, I'd have a heart attack and die. Oh, you'd be better <laughs> like, for it. You'd be better. <laughs> Just so cold. Yeah. I have a hard time getting in the pool. Yeah. If, if it's not 105 <laughs> degrees outside, I can't get in the pool. I get in and my hands are hurting. I'm like, oh man, did I get that old? Because I used to swim in the creeks of Tennessee mm-hmm. in in the winter. There would be ice on the edge of the creeks, and we'd be in the creek. Your mm. blood's just thinned out from being in the desert. Maybe. Really thin. Like, <laughs> thin, thin. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I can't, I can't get in the pool unless it's 105 outside, and it's been 105 for a while. So the water's nice and bath water temperature. Yeah. It's like end of July. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, like, I get in, and I'm just like, oh. And, my, and literally, we got in, we went to a friend's house um, end of May, early June, something like that. And everybody's in the water. My wife's like, get in. It's not that bad. And I got in. And a few minutes later, like, I felt like I had arthritis in my hands. They were just like, they were hurting. I'm like, this is, I can't do it. Mm. Well, sometimes you try things and then you realize that they're not for you, too. And that's totally okay. Cold water. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's not for me. (laughs) Not anymore. Um, I I wanted to just say something. I know we're kind of at time. But I wanted to say something really quick about, um, like, trying new things. Something that for me has been like a big uh, shift on my entrepreneurial journey has been um, not being afraid to go back to the beginning of something, you know, and to start over and to have that beginner's mindset. Because for those that, you know, are maybe even thinking about shifting careers or doing something different, sometimes it can be hard to want to think of starting all over again. You know, I think I mentioned, well, you know, I was a private banker for over 11 years. I was successful. I was a vice president, was making really good money and left in 2019 um, to embark on a whole new career. And one of the hardest things was like feeling like a beginner again and starting all over. It's like, God, I'm like, I'm not 20 right. anymore. You know, I'm in my 40s. Is it too late to start a brand new career? What will people think of me? you know, walking away from something that was successful and lucrative to, you know, doing something vastly different. But the more you're able to kind of keep your mind set open, like right. it, it's, but I just wanted to say that because I know it can be like the hard, like a hard hurdle for those that are um, contemplating switching careers or starting something new. And even some of the students that come through that are older, they often say like, it's been so long since I've been in school or... You know, they're still working full time. and Me. <laughs> yeah, that was me too. You know, it was like it, I'd been forever since I'd been in school. Mm-hmm. But um, just don't be afraid to take that leap if it really feels like something that's calling to you because you, you never know what can open up. And you, you've been successful once, you're going to be successful again. You know, and it's okay to start, feel like you're starting over. And anyway, I just wanted to say that because that that's been a big part of my journey and I'm sure others. Well, and I think that for me, going through the school, I was, you know, I was worried. My daughter went through it with me at the same time. That's awesome. And uh, and I, that was my thought was like, man, I haven't been in school in 25 years, yeah, something like that. And I was just like, oh, this is going to be really, this is going to suck. Yeah. 
Yeah. I'm like, but I, I just have to, I'd have to do it because I, you know, I really want to. And then, but, you know, the school was not what I was expecting. It was mm-hmm. so much more fun and able to learn so much easier than what I, th- I was worried. Because I was like, I'm old. I'm not going to retain this information. <laughs> My brain is full yeah. of so much other stuff and yeah. I'm not going to be able to retain this information and not do good on tests and because I don't test well anyway. Mm-hmm. And uh, but then then going through the school, it was just like, oh, this is so this is so great. Yeah. And yeah. everything you've been everything you everything you've done or been through in life gives you a unique perspective so that you know, in class, you're able to share that. But when you meet with clients, like no matter what you've done in the past, like everything has kind of led you to this moment. Yep. I think you have to take risks to do what you love. You know, mm-hmm. that's, that's, a, that's, sure. that's what I did. I was corporate America, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I, I did not enjoy my job at all. I really didn't. It, it was like, all right, I guess I'll get a degree so I can move up. I'm like, what am I doing? Mm-hmm. I don't want to be here. Why am I getting a business management degree? Yeah, it's just I'm just reinforcing the fact that I'm going to stay here forever. I don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. And then when the opportunity uh, showed, or when the opportunity came to to switch careers, um, I did. It, it took some thought, but it, you know, uh, I wanted to be in this industry, and I'm like, I'm gonna, I'm going to at least give it a try. I'm going to mm-hmm. give it all I can and see what happens. And you know, it's. There's a lot of people out there that are contemplating changing careers and doing something that they they love, that they're mm-hmm. passionate about. It's it is a risk, it absolutely is. But are you going to be happy ultimately? It's you know if you're happy, mm-hmm. that's going to that's going to be big for your health. Mm-hmm. Yep. I, I, I couldn't think of if I were in corporate America right now, having experienced the last 14 years of being being independent, you know, mm-hmm. doing my own thing, building my own my own. Uh, Legacy, if you want to, you want to put it that way. I, I just, there's no way I could do it. This is way too fulfilling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it does come with a little bit of stress, more stress than it would if you were just an employee and, mm-hmm. and making other people money. Right. But it's it's incredibly rewarding. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't change it for anything. Yeah, I remember yep. you were, you saying that when we we did a a tour at the other location, mm-hmm. uh, the first location. That you're like, oh yeah, you're a private banker. I'm like, why would you want to leave that? You know? <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I was laid off in 2019 and I had an opportunity to go back to like go to another competitor, you know, because in our, in that industry, that's kind of what you do. You leave, mm-hmm. you go move mm-hmm. around. But it was just like, I, it was sucking the life out of me. I'm like, I don't want to be tied to the markets anymore. And, um, you know, and sometimes you, you take that risk and you take a big leap of faith and sometimes it works out. Sometimes it doesn't, you know, but But whatever, whatever you learn in the process of taking that leap, whether it's the trust you have, like building that trust in yourself or the, the building a skill set, like that's going to set you up for the, whatever the next step you take. Right. You know, being an entrepreneur works for some people. Like you said, I don't think I could go back to really working for someone going into a corporate environment again. I just, I, I don't, I couldn't do it. But, um, but for some people, they might try the entrepreneur route and decide like I really do enjoy working for a bigger corporation. That's where they're. Yeah, there's definitely suited. yeah definitely some people that just can't do it. And there's no yeah. shame either way, right? right? It's like it's it's really, I don't know. But I think you should try it. Yep. Yeah. For Make sure. you more resilient. 
uh, yeah. having those failures because as an entrepreneur, everybody has failures in the beginning. Oh, yeah. I, I had several, but I stuck it out. Um, and I'm so thankful I did. There was a couple of times where it's like, I don't know. I don't know if this is going to work. Yeah. How many times <laughs> are you ready? Like, oh, okay, I'm going to give up. Yep. <laughs> cool. But yeah. Yeah. So four years, that's about as long as I've known you. And you, you, you started off as a student. And now you're the instructor at National Personal Training Institute of Arizona. Yep. I love it. This is how yeah. it was in Portland. Uh, some of our instructors were, were prior students, graduates that went on to, to further their education. And then they would come back around and become an instructor. That's how it was, it was set up there. And I can't be more excited. Couldn't be more excited to have you as a part of it. I love what you bring to the school. Um, I'm just so delighted <laughs> that you're here. So when when I needed uh, to 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 have a a new nutrition instructor, I was like, I'm calling Jennifer. I hope she says yes. Yeah, I was. I was, I'm excited. I'm thrilled. I really enjoy it. Yeah. I love teaching and to being able to like help these students along the way. It's it's deeply fulfilling. Yeah, I agree with that. Cool. Yep, but. It was amazing having you on. Uh, before we go, uh, where can people find you? Um, so my website is www.vibrantlifebyjennifer.com. Um, I have an Instagram account. It's at Vibrant Mama. Um, it's not super active on Instagram, um, to be honest, but that's my website is the, the best place. You can send me a note on there. Or, cool. Yeah. That's awesome. Awesome. What are we doing uh, for school next week? What are we teaching? Uh, let's see. Next week is supplements. Supplements. Ooh. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. That's a fun one. Well, yep. thank you so much for having me, guys. It was yeah, really, it was great. really an honor. Yeah. Yeah. We appreciate you coming in. Uh, I'll see you. I'll talk to you next week. Yes. <laughs> yep. Awesome. All right, guys. Thank Thanks. you. Thanks. Bye.